All right, 2 Samuel 22. I'm using an old school Bible. You remember these? You remember? I'm gonna, I mean, I, I love using this one too because I have all the translations, Greek and Hebrew, all right there. Don't have to carry the old library. I mean, how many old timers remember you had to have a library and you had to go get the concordance? And then uh, now we have databases that make things so much easier and faster. All right, Second Samuel twenty-two. Today, I want to share from something that um, has absolutely changed my life, and absolutely. Um, saved my life, honestly. Honestly, saved my life. This is uh, David. And we're just going to pick up in verse 1 and uh, read a little bit. Then David spoke, I'm reading from the New King Jimmy. For whatever reason, that's the translation that I kind of settled on a while back. So that's kind of what I've done most of my reading and kind of how you know how you like memorize verses that way. I love all the translations and and even some of the paraphrases too. I love them all and they're all good. Um, But this is what I'm going to read from from today. So then the Lord spoke. I mean, then David spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day. When the Lord had delivered him from the hand of all his enemies, say all, all all his enemies, and from Saul. And he said, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer, the God of my strength in whom I will trust, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold, my refuge, my savior, you save me from violence. I will call upon the Lord who's worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. I'm just going to add the next three verses, even though I forgot to uh, expand it. When the waves of death surrounded me, the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol, or hell, surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard, from, he heard my voice from his temple, and my cry entered his ears. How many of you guys know that we're more than conquerors in Christ? And we overcome. How many of you know that he always leads us in triumph in Christ. But how many of you have also experienced times when it doesn't feel like that? How many of you experienced those times when it feels more like this? Waves of death surrounding you, splashing up against you, floods of ungodliness that make you afraid the sorrows of hell surrounding you, 
You feel like Jesus on the cross where he said, many bulls of Bashan are surrounding me. The enemy, the, the demonic. You know that you're supposed to have faith. You know that you have victory. You know that Jesus won it all, right? But in that moment, there's something surrounding you. There's something happening in your life. There's a trial that you're in that feels to the core of your being completely opposite of that. David experienced that at least once, I think many times in his life. And that's what he's writing about. And that's why it's been so encouraging to me because I'm like David and I'm like you. I've been in that place many times where you quote every scripture you know to, to quote. You did what you did last time. You pray a little harder. You worship a little louder. You dance around the house. You might even do a Jericho walk. You know, you know those where you go seven times and you're like, it's going to come down. And you get to the end of that and it doesn't come down. You feel the same exact way. And you come to the end of what you know what to do. You thought you knew what to do. You did everything you knew. Every, everything that you've been taught, everything that worked last time. But this time is different. Whatever enemy is in front of you, whatever's happened to you in your life, whatever trial you're in at the moment, it's different this time. David was in that place. And literally fear is right there. It's palpable. Hell is right there. It's palpable. You guys know what I'm talking about? If you don't, you probably will. It's the way it goes. It's, it's this life. So let's skip to uh, verse 17. So David just got done pouring out his heart to God like he always does, confessing, you're my rock, you're my deliverer. All those, those common things that David would always confess and thank God for and believe God for. And he'd say, so shall I be saved from my enemies. And even though I'm in this place, God heard my cry in that place. And so that's where we're picking it up in verse 17. He sent from above. He took me and he drew me out of many waters. So all that stuff that was surrounding me, he drew me out of many waters. Verse 18, he delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me. And this is, this is the part that has spoken to me and changed my life. For they were too strong for me. We face enemies that are too strong for us. David faced enemies that were too strong for him. When we're in that place where hell is right there, just surrounding us and it's this palpable hell and fear and demonic and depression, whatever it is. The enemy is too strong for you. But I'm, I'm supposed to be a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. 
He always leads me in triumph. He does, doesn't he? But that enemy's too strong for you. I, uh, I often think about what Paul must have felt like. Paul encouraged me too, where, you know, the times when, when, when he talked about the thorn in the flesh. And whatever this thing was, we know it was demonic. It was a messenger from the enemy. Uh, and we know that Paul was frustrated by it. And we know that Paul cried out to God many times. God, what's the deal? Why is this thing afflicting me? And you remember God's response to him? Grace. You remember, remember that time that the disciples, when Jesus was up on the mountain or whatever? Um, I think it was the mountain transfiguration time. But the, the disciples that were down, that didn't, didn't get to go up, are trying to set this poor boy free. And they're praying for him, and he's not getting set free. Well, Jesus, I thought you told me we had all authority. I thought you gave me your authority and sent us out to do this. How come it's not working? Jesus comes down off the mountain and and shows him a new lesson. Takes it a little deeper. Shows them how to use that authority he's given them. And says, oh yeah, by the way, uh, this one comes out with fasting and prayer. Let's look at verse 20. This is the second part that has absolutely set me free. First part is just the freedom that comes with realizing it's okay to say this enemy's too strong for me. I don't have to like try to work up this thing that's not happening (laughs) and it's okay to have enemies that are too strong for you and it's okay to be in those situations where you don't have the answer and you don't have to try to find the right right uh formula of fasting prayer quoting scripture praying in tongues and then praising and to to get to get it to work because it's not going to work it's okay. It's part of the deal where it just doesn't work sometimes because God's got something to do in you in that moment. Verse 20. I apologize again. I, uh, the, the interesting thing about, about these verses is, is, uh, Psalm 18 is basically the same exact thing. And, um, I, most of the time I read this in Psalm 18, and so the verses don't perfectly match up. So I told him 17 through 19, but we got to go to verse 20. Um, so I apologize that there isn't probably the translation up there. Did you get it? No. The translation, the, the Spanish. Yeah, that's my fault. Sorry. Um, and while I'm talking about this, one thing that, that's, that's really cool about this is, is this right here in Second Samuel 22, uh, David's near the end of his life. So this is him saying this at the end of his life, and he's kind of looking over his life saying, 
Lord, you've delivered me from all my enemies and so. But, but theologians believe, and I do too, I guess I'm a theologian, I, I like to study God, um, um, that this, this is something, this is a psalm song that, that David wrote when he was young, and it was kind of something repeated throughout his life. And so that's pretty cool that this is something that, you know, was early on, and then at the end of his life, he's looking out over his life, and he's like, oh, man, it worked for me here and here and here and here and here, and now, you know, I'm getting to the end here. I know it. And I'm looking out over my life, and, you, man, Lord, you've delivered me from all my enemies and from Saul. <laughs> so, verse 20. Let me back up just to get us into context again. They confronted me, the enemies, in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. Uh, some translations say, like, in my, the day of weakness. You know, in the New Testament, it says that the enemy looks for a more opportune time. He looks for a time when you're, like, weak. You know, he looks for the time when, when you're worn out and tired, and you've had a bad, bad day at work, and then your kids, if you've got kids, are misbehaving, and you're, you, you didn't sleep, and then it starts to pile up, and you're in this, this, mo, this uh, vulnerable place, and then he, and he's like, ooh, I think this might be a good time. They confronted me in that time, but the Lord was my support. Verse 20, he also brought me out into a broad place, and right here, right here, this is the key verse. He delivered me because he delighted in me. He delighted in me. Something got into David where he actually believed God delighted in him. Something got into David where he believed that that word delight means that he takes pleasure in you, he desires you, and he's pleased with you. Something got inside of David's heart that he actually believed that. Do you actually believe that? This, this word delight corresponds perfectly to the New Testament when Father God speaks over Jesus, you're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. I take delight in you. And the thing I love so much about, about that is that when Father God spoke that, it was before Jesus did pretty much a thing in ministry. The foundation of Jesus after that going into the wilderness being tempted by God or by the devil and the devil trying to win and Jesus having his own experience versus a strong enemy was Father God speaking to his heart over him. You're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That, that same thing is corresponds perfectly to Ephesians 1 where it says we're accepted in the beloved. It's the same thing. Did it get into your heart? Is it in my heart that God takes delight in you and that's why he delivers you from your enemies? There's something that got into David's heart. You know, I think that it it could have been in the times when he was out as a shepherd boy worshiping in the fields and it started to get in there. 
this worship and, and God's pouring out his spirit on him and he's getting that connection and I love you, God, and oh, God, you love me, and it's getting in his heart. And then there comes the day when, when the lion comes and tries to get the sheep, and he goes out and he wins the battle with the lion. And then the same thing happens one day with a bear. And it says the lion, or the, the, the David actually grabbed him by the beard. I don't know how this worked, but this little shepherd boy who, you know, doesn't seem to be very big in stature based on what we can tell, took on a lion and a bear and grabbed that sucker by the beard and did something. I don't know, I don't know what he did, but he won. And he saved those sheep. And something got inside of David. So he had his, ver- his first experience with an enemy that, how many of you know that a bear and a lion is an enemy that's most likely too strong for you, or it's a strong enemy at least. Something got inside of David. He knew God's pleasure was on him and that he was special. And he won, won this fight with a lion and a bear. And guess what it did? It, got, it, it further solidified that truth for him. So when he faced Goliath, what did he say? He pulled out the testimony. Hey, Saul, you're making fun of how big I am, and you're telling me I can't do it, but guess what? I'm special, and I already took on a lion and a bear, and I can do the same thing to this giant. The key, I believe, really when you boil down, when we're in that place, where we come to the end of ourself and we've done everything we know what to do is right here. It always goes back to God will deliver me because he delights in me. And the beautiful thing about that is that it flips the script on the enemy because it doesn't matter what he does. God is allowing it to take that truth deeper inside my heart. And it's such a vital thing because here's the thing. If you don't get that, if you don't get that in your heart, if you don't overcome with that truth getting deeper in your heart, guess what happens? The opposite happens. And you believe that you're not special. And God's really not there for me. He, he might be there for other people. He's not there for me, though, because I'm not special like David or I'm not special like Pastor Byron or I'm not special like, like Maya. God doesn't, he might have delighted in Jesus. He might have took pleasure, pleasure in Jesus and David and, you know, all those other people, but he doesn't take pleasure in me. And then something happens where, where it says in Proverbs, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And then you go down this other spiral. Instead of getting this testimony built inside of you that's confirmed by a victory like David, it goes the other way and you have a negative testimony that, oh, God doesn't like me very much. I believe this is the purpose of every every attack, every trial, everything we go through is that God wants 
to convince our heart in a deeper way that he delights in you. And I love that so much because, you know, in this life, we will get repaid. Jesus promised that whatever the enemy steals, he will repay. But he said in this life and in the life to come, and there are, unfortunately, some things in this life that get taken from us in those battles that we won't see the full repayment and just justification um, where God where God makes everything right in this life. We just won't. But you know what? We get victory. The victory is not in the repayment. The victory is in us getting convinced in a deeper way that he delights in us in the face of an enemy who's lying to us. See, that was the lie in the beginning. That was the lie in the beginning. That's what he does every time is he tries to convince you and lie to you that God doesn't actually care about you. God has a hidden motive, right? God's holding out on you, Adam and Eve. He's holding out on you. That's why he doesn't want you to to eat from this tree because he he actually doesn't like you. He actually doesn't love you because if he really did, he would let you have everything. And, and if he's holding out on you, so take that, take, believe that, that you can do, have this stuff without God because God doesn't really, he puts that little mistrust in your heart. But we win every time if we let that truth get deeper in our heart, no matter what's going on on the outside. You win every time. The battle's in here. Every time. Drive it deeper. Drive it deeper, Lord, that you delight in me. My heart doesn't believe it right now. Drive it deeper. Drive it deeper. Drive it deeper. And so this long Psalm 18 and this long chapter 22 um, goes on. It's like 51 verses. I almost, I almost wanted to read the whole thing and just drop the mic because it's so good. And just be like, okay, that's good. Um, but that's a lot of verses. Thanks, thanks, Byron, for talking me out of that. Um, no, but seriously. So, so in the in this this psalm and in this this uh, this chapter, David's just showing us this truth about God is my rock, God is my fortress, He's my deliverer. Every time when I've gone through through those those times where I'm literally drowning, I mean that's the picture. I'm literally drowning. You heard my cry. You pull me out of that. You set me in a broad place, in an open place, or sometimes he says high up on a rock, and you deliver me every time because you delight in me. And then he goes on after that, and the rest of the time, the rest of the verses is kind of like David saying. And then you taught me how, how to be a warrior. And those same enemies that were too strong for me and too big for me, I went and I chased them down and I beat them as fine as the dust. I cut their head off. I beat them up. And it's this cool thing where he goes back and forth between, I went and did this, but God, no, you did this. No, I went and did this, and God, no, you did this. And and that's exactly how it is. We do it, and he does it. And when we get to the place where we can't do it anymore, 
He does it and teaches us how to do it. And then we go do it together every time. Every time. You know, I kind of think of it like God's like, you know, when you lift weights, right? In order to get stronger, you have to push yourself to the limit where you can't do it anymore, where you reach failure. And that's why you got the spotter there, right? And the real, the real uh, change happens because you got to have this stimulus. And the real stimulus has to be in that place of failure where you push yourself. I can't do it. I can't push anymore. And then that spotter just helps you get that last. Same thing happens with running. I'm a runner. I'm more of a runner than I am a weightlifter. You can probably, you can probably tell. <laughs> Come on. But, uh, but uh, same thing, anytime you're pushing to a new place you haven't been before, it's super hard, super uncomfortable, feel like you can't do it. But if you do it, next time, your body has adapted, your mind has adapted, everything is adapted, and it's like, whoa, I just did that, so let's, let's go to the next level. I really think that that's what God's doing is he trusts us so much and he believes in us so much and he loves us so much that he allows us to go through, you know, in this world we will have trouble. He allows us to go through trouble and trial and he allows the enemy to come in and a strong enemy. You know, sometimes it starts with a lion and then a bear and then a Goliath and then it's, it's beyond that. And then after that, it's a different trial, but it's weightlifting. And you know what? I'm cool doing weightlifting if I got a spotter. I'm cool pushing the limit past what I can do if I got a spotter, especially, you know, God as my spotter. One of the, one of my favorite stories about David is uh, Ziglag. You remember that story? He's out with his mighty men fighting, and they come home, you know, kind of exhausted, and, and they, they come home after the battles. And the Malachites had raided their camp, stolen everything, burned stuff down, you know, just completely obliterated everything and uh, took their wives and kids and everything. And this is kind of a different trial for David. He's pretty cool with fighting the enemy, but this is kind of different because he just comes home and this happened. And then it's like everybody turns on him. And they want to stone him. And I know, I know a lot of you guys have heard this verse before, but it's so amazing, right? It says, David left this situation, and it says he went and encouraged himself in the Lord. And I can just picture David. Lord, you're my rock. You're my fortress. You're my deliverer. You're the one in whom I trust. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Lord, you did it before. Lord, you anointed me when I was young. You made me. You said that I would be king. I'm not king yet, because, so the story can't end here. Lord, you've delivered me from the lion, the bear, Goliath. Lord, we've won all these victories. I know that you're a victorious God and that you always lead me in triumph. What do we do? 
what do we do this time? And then he gets instruction from the Lord. Go pursue your enemies. I will restore all. You will recover all. Other times, it's a different, it's a different strategy. Got to get those Amalekites, man. Do you believe that God delights in you? So the, the third main, main thing um, that is amazing about this and that I think we need to see about the battles is that God has such a big view of these battles that your deliverance and you overcoming your strong enemy is bigger than just you. There is potentially many, many, many people on the other side of your victory. What do I mean by that? If we back up, if we just back up a few verses, so if we go back to chapter 21, verse 15, when the Philistines were at war again with Israel, David and his servants, this was toward the end of David's life, David and his servants were with him, and they went down and fought against the Philistines, and David grew faint. Then Ishbi Benob, who was one of the sons of the giant, the weight of whose bronze spear was 300 shekels, who was bearing a new sword, thought he could kill David. I'm going to get revenge for Goliath. I'm going to go down as the guy who killed David. Goliath wasn't, you know, Goliath wasn't good enough. I'm going to be. This is my opportunity to get King David. I'm going to knock him down. I'm going to get that great man of God. But Abishai, the son of Zuriah, came to his aid and struck the Philistine and killed him. Then the men of David swore to him and saying, you shall go out. Listen, David, you're old, dude. You might not have, have it anymore, so let us do the fighting now. And, he, and, and, the, and it goes on, and he lists out at least three or four different guys um, let's see if I have it. Yeah, Abishai, Sebekai, or Ai, however you say these names, Elhanan, and Jonathan, at least those four, and maybe some of the other mighty men who were giant killers. What if David never won those battles? What if, what if, if we go all, rewind and go all the way back to Goliath, what if David had never won that? Because in that battle, and pretty much every battle in our life is like this, it's kill or be killed. And Goliath said it. He said, send out your mighty man. If I beat him, you guys are ours. Everything you have is ours. If you beat me, you get us. Do or die. Bring it on. That's what every battle is like. But on the other side of that, if David didn't win and Israel took, was a captive, they become the slaves of the Philistines. And they're either slaves at best or dead. But on the other side of victory, 
you have that immediate victory for you, everybody around you, and then these other people that you train up in the same truth that got you victory. Who is waiting on the other side of your strong enemy? Who is waiting on the other side of that generational alcoholism and drug abuse that has knocked out your grandpa and your father and your uncles? Who's waiting on the other side of your victory over that strong enemy? Who's waiting on the other side of the depression and the abuse and the sexual sin that's tied to that? Who's waiting on the other side of the victory over that? I believe that God wants to release generational victory. And it doesn't, it's not just about you. It's about them. It's about your kids. Your victory over pornography is not just about you. It's about your sons and your daughters. It's about the other guys and other girls that your testimony sets free. There's mighty men and women and giant killers waiting to be released because you got a victory Let's pray. How do we win? We got to we got to open ourselves and get that truth inside of us. That's the point of everything. That's the thing that will overcome the pornography that you repeatedly seem to can't get over. That is the key to victory that will break, that will snap the generational curse of alcoholism and drug abuse. He delights in you. Right in the middle of your mess. Right in the middle. It's okay that you're facing a strong enemy. It's okay. That's life. That's, That's part of the deal. But guess what? You've got a deliverer on his way who delights in you. And he delivers you because he delights in you. He delights in you. Holy Spirit, I ask you to sweep through this room and I ask you, each one of us, wherever we're at in our life, wherever we're at with the revelation of this truth that you actually do love us, that you actually do delight in us and take pleasure in us and you're well pleased with us and we're accepted. Lord, take this truth so deep in us. Lord, in these things that we haven't gotten victory over yet, Lord, I ask right now that there'd be something released. Lord, that will save us and our family. Lord, and it will release a victory over the generations. Lord, I ask that today you'd break generational sin, that you'd break generational curses in Jesus' name. Lord, you'd break generational torment or generational depression. Lord, you would break abuse. Lord, I ask you to break even satanic stuff 
Lord, that's connected to abuse right now in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you that the strong enemy is broken, Lord, by the, the revelation that you delight in us. I thank you that all authority in heaven and earth is in you, that you won every victory, Lord. You always lead us in triumph in Christ and spread the aroma of you in every place. Lord, that our lives would be, Lord, an aroma of your victory, that our lives would be an aroma, Lord, that you delight in us and that you delight in that person that you're, you're, you're having us show, Lord, your victory too. said that really penetrated my heart really good. So he's talking about, you know, when you hit that wall in your life, y'all know that wall you hit where you just feel like you can't go on. You feel, you kind of feel defeated. Uh, I think most of us have had that experience. Uh, And there's sometimes when we do, when that happens in our life, it's, it's hard to get over. Uh, and man, when he was talking about it, it just took me. Go ahead, Luis. When he was sharing this story, cuando él estaba compartiendo esta historia, he, I went back to that a place in my life where I felt defeated. Yo fui a ese lugar donde me, yo sentí que estaba en derrota. I can re- remember exactly where I was at. Yo me acuerdo dónde estaba. I can remember exactly what time of day it, en, it was. En el momento, en el día y el día en que esto pasó. And I remember telling the Lord, I, I just, I just give up. Y me acuerdo que yo le dije al Señor, me rindo, Señor, and me doy I, por vencido. I had just felt so much uh, guilt in my life over that moment. Sentía tanta culpa sobre mi vida en ese momento. And it wasn't like sin that I was involved in. Y no, no se trataba de que yo estaba pecando, estaba involucrado en algún pecado. It, it was life that I was involved in. Se trataba sobre la vida. And, and I felt, and, and life had broken me. That's how I felt. Yo me sentía roto por las circunstancias en mi vida. And when I couldn't, I couldn't get over it. This was years ago. Esto fue años atrás. No lo podía superar. Like that thing was in my mind, and I felt so disappointed in myself. Oh, yo estaba tan desilusionado de mí mismo. I felt like I had let the Lord down. Sentía que lo había fallado al Señor. And let a lot of people down. Y a mucha gente también. And so, you know, when he was saying all that, I felt the Lord wanted to set people free from that. Y cuando William Will estaba compartiendo esto. Yo sentí que el Señor quería libertar a las personas. If you have a place like that in your life, si tienes un lugar, estás así, estás en un lugar como este. I really believe the Lord wants to. En tu vida, yo creo que el Señor. What Will was sharing, that God wants to drive that thing down into you. Dios quiere llevar esta verdad más profundamente en tu corazón. That He's delighted in you. De que él se deleita en ti. I just wanted to take a moment if that's anybody in the room besides me because that really got me. Yo quiero tomar un momento para recibir esto. So if you're one of those people want you to stand up and let me pray. Let's pray together. Si tú eres una de estas personas, ¿por qué no te pones de pie y vamos a orar juntos? You feel that. Because I, I, I know, I knew for years Yo sabía por años. that really 
in, in truth the Lord wasn't disappointed in me. Yo sabía que el Señor no estaba desilusionado de mí. But I was so disappointed in myself. Pero yo estaba desilusionado de mí mismo. And, and of course you got the devil. Y también lo tienes al diablo. Who really will just wear you out. Que va a venir detrás de, de ti incansablemente. So I think in some ways yo you, creo, had, you had to let yourself off the hook. Vas a tener que venir sol. De alguna manera dejar el pasado. Yo creo que es lo que un poco lo que Ryan estaba compartiendo. Sea que tú has, hayas ganado o fallado. Tienes que permitir que el Señor tome esto. And let him have that. Y, y deja que él tenga esto. And be able to not be Tormented by that anymore. Y no permitas que ya no ser atormentado por esto. So that's what I felt. Esto es lo que yo sentí. As he was sharing, I just wanted to be able to be free from that. Yo quiero ser libre de esto. That thought. De este pensamiento. So Holy Spirit. Entonces oramos, Espíritu Santo. You don't bring things up for no reason. Tú no traes cosas del pasado sin un sin un propósito. And here we are. Aquí estamos, Señor. We all have these feelings, Lord. Todos tenemos estos sentimientos that we didn't do well que no hemos hecho, Señor, que te hemos and that we failed y que te hemos and we didn't feel like you were delighted in us y no, no que tú te en so I'm asking you for healing today te estoy por hoy, Señor. you just touch these hearts in this room and even as we go back in our memories y vamos en el pasado, en memorias, you're back there que tú estás ahí. And we say yes, we're going to go back there to that moment. Señor, vamos a ir a ese lugar en ese momento. Go back there to that moment in your mind. Ve ahí en este momento en tu mente. And Jesus is right there. Y el Señor está ahí mismo. And He's here to tell you today. Y él está aquí para decirte. I love you. Te amo. And you have not failed. Y tú no has fallado. And I want to free you. Y te quiero hacer libre. And I want to heal you. Te quiero sanar. And I want that thing that hurts you. Yo quiero que eso que te ha herido. I want to drive that thing down deep in you. Quiero llevar esta verdad más profundo en ti. That I am really delighted in you. Que yo me deleito en ti. And so, Lord, we just receive that. Lo recibimos a Holy Spirit, do it. Espíritu Santo, drive it down into our hearts. Llévalo a nuestro más profundamente. That you're delighted in us. De que tú te deleitas en nosotros. And that you're not disappointed in us. Que tú no estás desilusionado de nosotros. And you don't look at us as failures. Que no nos no nos miras como alguien que falló. You look at us as overcomers. Pero nos mira como más que vencedores. And we have the que tenemos la victoria. Because of what Christ has done. Por lo que Cristo ha hecho. And what the power of God has done. Porque el, y lo, por el poder de Dios. So Lord, today I let go of it. Hoy lo dejo ir. I let it go. Lo dejo ir, lo suelto. I don't agree that I'm a failure. No estoy de acuerdo de que yo soy alguien que falló. I don't agree that I'm a disappointer. O que soy alguien que desilusiona. But I agree that I'm an overcomer in Christ. Yo estoy de acuerdo que soy más que vencedor en Cristo. And today you're leading me in victory. Y tú me, de, me guías en victoria. And I declare that today. Y lo declaro eso hoy. And you're going to multiply victory. Y vas a multiplicar victorias. In other people's lives. En otras personas. As the word of the Lord declares. Es, es, como la palabra de Dios lo declara. Amen. Amen. I'd like to invite our ministry team up, please. El equipo de ministerio puede pasar. If you need to keep doing business, si tú necesitas seguir haciendo negocios, maybe you'd like somebody to pray with you, to stand with you, to fight with you. Quizás necesitas alguien que ore por ti, que se pare aquí, interceda por ti. 
our ministry team is here to do that. They'd Nuestro love to serve in that way. And I'll add too that your battle might be some of the things we mentioned. It also might be wellness or illness. Quizás tú algunas cosas que mencionamos tu batalla quizás tengan que ver con la sanidad. So we also want to pray for you if you need to be healed. Por eso queremos orar por por sanidad por ti. Not be blessed, y'all. Si no sean bendecidos, hermanos. Have a great week. Tengan una semana maravillosa. But don't leave here if you need prayer. No te vayas si necesitas oración. Amen. Amen.